She say that she needed me Cause I have no time for she Friends say that I'm cheating So this is the end for me So bring the Johnny Walker Time to start over She gone and she left me So on to the other So bring the Johnny Walker Time to start over She gone and she left me So on to the other Just can't be in a party To face the Shiva in front of everybody Spin as you want, play as you please But when the undertaker come, he will crush your party Shiva so happy, he have nobody Ferraris to fly, so to try to catch me Take a headshot and pass it till it done. Take a headshot and pass it till it done. Take a headshot and pass it when it's done. DJs can't be in a party to face DJ Shiva in front of everybody. Spin as you want, play as you please. But when the undertaker come, he will crush your party. She was so happy, he have nobody. Ferraris to fly, so to try to catch me. Take a headshot and pass it till it done. Take a headshot and pass it till it done. Take a real shot and pass it when you're done. Take a headshot and pass it till it's done DJ Shiva, the Undertaker Toronto's number one What's up, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Chica, coming at you live and direct from The Six. On today's show, I'll be featuring a very multi-talented manager, producer, and DJ. I am very pleased to welcome DJ Shiva, everyone. Woo-woo! Shiva, I'd first off like to say thank you for being a guest on today's show. And I'm really looking forward for our listeners to get to know you better and learn more about your music career. And guys, for those of you who do not know, Shiva has been in the game for a very long time now and definitely has a lot to bring to the table. I am pleased to welcome DJ Shiva, everyone. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? (laughs) Hey, try try to keep cool with all this heat. It's been a little bit of a heat wave in the six. So hopefully you're enjoying this wonderful. No, neither am I. No, neither am I. (laughs) Neither am I loving it. So much better than snow, of course. Well, uh, I think we'll just jump right into it. And uh, yeah, sure. perfect. Now, Shiva, tell us yeah. what made you want to get into music. Um, I think it it, it, it happened to me, um, and in the mid eighties, um, early eighties, it just influence in Trinidad, my neighborhood okay. from my from my uncles and stuff. My mom's brothers, they were all into music. My my dad's cousins and stuff, they were DJs back in Trinidad. I was a little kid though. I was, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten, something like that. 
And I remember I was being really fascinated with uh, those guys when they were spinning records back then, whether it was a New Year's Eve or earliest night as a Trinidad um, yep. party at the house. And um, I was fascinated with just that uh, because of the influence around me. And um, I remember um, what I used to do was I had a toy truck and um, I had a, a old like box, like a cardboard box that a heater, ironing heater would come in like a, and I would strap it onto the truck, the, 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 my toy truck and pretend it was like a truck on the road. I took my sister's pom-pom things that looked like microphones, like, like, like loudspeakers. And I would okay. stick it all over the box to make it look like a, like a DJ truck. So it's okay. been in me since I was like eight, five, seven, whatever, like back then. Wow. So mm-hmm. it was, it's, it's not something where I, oh man, maybe I should try DJ. It was just music was in me naturally. My dad sings, um, my grandfather sings, uh, my cousin produces. It's just all around me. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. And I mean, yeah. carnival is such a big thing in Trinidad. So. You definitely started at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. I remember being in primary school in Trinidad and being really fascinated with, we you know, for carnival time, it was always artists coming to school right. and stuff and watching all that and being fascinated with it and playing mass locally in my town and stuff. Yeah. Now, how did you actually get into the music industry? Oh, man. Well, again, it started with DJing. So it move, move forward to Canada. So, um, I had a friend uh, who lived with my family. His name was Ricky. He was a family friend. Okay. He never really became a DJ, but he had equipment. Okay. So he would stay in our basement. And I used to always go down there and fiddle around with him. So that led to buying, you know, records, one turntable, um, not even DJ like quality, but just <laughs> stuff. And um, yeah. it started from there. I just started collecting vinyl. Wow. So, yeah. And I mean, that's... that was about 19. 19- 89. Okay, cool. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's pretty much all digital. We've definitely changed the game with all the digital well, yeah, stuff. Everybody argues. I mean, even I, I benefit from the digital now, too. It just, it, it's just less work. Right. But there's a, there's, a, there's a pro and a con to that, to both, because now every DJ kind of sounds the same. And in the early 90s, when you had to have vinyl, you had to really, a, a 12-inch record would have an instrumental, it would have an acapella, and it would have the track. And maybe a remix. And so as a DJ, you'd buy that now and you would have to figure out how to manually fuse that together as you're DJing live. So when you're doing remixes live, you can't loop something on the spot digitally anymore. Whatever the record runs out, it runs out. So right. how you would do, how you would extend that is you would buy two of the same record. Oh, so wow. Most DJs from back in they would have two of the same record. So you could go back and forth and extend the song as long as you want or have the instrumental run in as long as you want. And, but, with that came the skill of speed and precision and being able to do that quickly and feel that quickly and not sound horrible. So that's when only very few were good and many who tried just give up in no time. Now you just, you did, it tells you the BPM, you line it up according to BPM right. per minute. And mm-hmm. a lot of you just use a sync button. There's a sync button that does exist on Serato. You press sync and as long as you press the two songs at the same time on the beat, it'll keep it on beat feed. So now you have to find new ways to be creative. I can and, also yeah. see a cost factor with that too, having to buy two records of each. Yeah, a twelve inch back then was like twelve ninety nine or ten ninety nine. So you have to buy two of those, and you wow. know you have to travel to the record store to buy that. So I, for me, it was every Thursday 
Rec- new records would always come into the stores every Thursday. So you would, um, I would live in Scarborough at the time. So I would take the subway to downtown Toronto to uh, play the records. Mm-hmm. Um, or a couple of the record stores as well in Scarborough. And, you know, you get the new stuff and, you, you know, sometimes you had to, you could buy five records in the, at a time because you couldn't get everything new with too much money. So you have to pick the top ones that you really want and it would be sold out. So you have to get that quickly. Wow. So you drive on the subway with five records. And that's why now I, and from that, actually, I'll show you something here. If you continue uh, from, from back then to now, um, speaking of vinyl, and I have more of them in closet. But this oh my goodness. That's that is all wow. It's all DJ from you know. Like you look at everything, and then the, the torn edges is because they were used. <laughs> it's not just for show. These are all right. the records. These are all the records that ripped up Club Connections and Hut Two and um all the clubs downtown back in the day. Okay. Uh, five records at the club. That is some impressive collection. <laughs> <laughs> and these are <laughs> demos back then, right? So this is real stuff <laughs> now what is that one track that you can always go to that you know will get the party going well that depends with what genre you're talking you're talking a caribbean party you're talking a downtown party a top 40 party ah. a bougie party let's so switch it, it up depends a bit. On the genre. let's do a huh? bougie party let's switch it up a bit let's do a bougie party uh downtown toronto um yeah probably something like um to get everybody on the floor a lot of Bruno Mars, like, and Uptown Funk and things like that, even though it's older right now. Right. Uptown, you know, like Uptown, that's a mainstream song, a cheerleader still. Like, you start vibes in and grooving the party with that, and that's, like, the equivalent to playing, like, Pump Me Up in a soccer party. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. To set the mood. To set True. The mood. And on that same tip, can you actually describe your DJ selection set process Let's say for a soca party. Yeah, um, I only play a lot of DJs. What they do is they um, like they like to play all the songs. So they yes. choose, and that to me is very boring. So and a lot of songs come in um, a lot of songs come in uh, rhythms, like where they have five songs in the same rhythm, like right. the Toko Loco. Uh, like, that's like there's six songs or five songs in a rhythm. I just play two <laughs> out of that. So I, I I created my own thing. I like to call it impact mixing, meaning okay. that. There's nothing that I play is going to be boring at okay. all. Every song people should relate to, it should be like in your face constantly. So it's just pure vibes. And there's enough music to do that. So, and that's uh, how I put together my thing. Your, your sets. And you know, guys, yeah. I do need to say it as is. I've seen him play many, many events, whether they were at clubs, whether they were on boat cruises, or whether they were at um, New Year's Eve jams. And one yeah. thing that one thing that I always notice, nobody sits down. It doesn't matter if you're two years old or you're two hundred and two years old. You yeah. you are dancing the entire night away. So these are oh, facts, there's guys. To, there's definitely a way to bridge the gap with old and new, old and young. You know, people. Right. Um, a lot of DJs don't know how to do that yet. They just play by DPMs. and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying right. I see it. And I guess when it comes natural to be like that, and uh, you go to a party, you're naturally going to critique or find what, what you can do. But everybody has their own way of doing things, right? So I'm not going to bang on That's what separates yeah. everyone. It's true. It's so true. Now, there are tons of amazing DJs in the industry with mad skills. What does it take to make an excellent DJ? A combination of things. 
obviously skill level, but a lot of people get something mixed up. It depends. Well, when you say that, are you talking about a competition DJ or are you talking about a club DJ? Club DJ. Right. So as terms of a obviously competition, yeah, yeah, competition, clearly, long story short, you have to put a lot of time into your skill in terms okay. of technicality and cutting records up and being able to re- like be a, like a, a, be a, a human computer, right? For a club, um, a lot of people also with the fans or the people that go to clubs now, it's, it's different than the nineties. So people today, I find they just want to hear, they just want to hear the songs they like. So it's up to you to do that and put it together properly. Yes, you need to have skills. It's so ironic the way life has changed because you need to have enough skills, but you be able, the number one thing is you need to be able to read the crowd and basically know exactly what they want before they want it. Yeah, I believe it. Keep the crowd going. And there's a way to do that as well. But you have to, when I'm DJing, I'm, I'm, I'm 15 steps ahead. Eh? Like I already know this song. Okay. I'm going to run this set here. I already know after this, I'm going to transition to reggae this way. And from there, I'm going to transition into house this way. And when you listen to some of my mixes though, you'll notice I played two hours and I didn't stop anywhere. And the music has completely changed from slow to fast to medium, but you don't even know where it happened. And what I noticed about your, your DJ skills is. You play all genres too. You mix it up and it definitely is geared towards everybody. It's not just one, one, you know, one ethnicity or one like age group. It's it for everyone. Yeah. And that I, um, takes mad skills. Honestly. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's certainly music from every genre that will appeal to everyone. And it's your job to figure that out. A lot okay. of DJs, DJs still don't know how to do that. Well, that definitely comes with years of experience, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. What other unique skills do you that you have, you bring to the table that sort of sets you apart from everyone else? I think it would have to be, again, it would have to go with the crowd. Knowing exactly how to take a crowd from zero to a hundred in two minutes. Because it's true. A lot of, a lot of guys can't do that. A lot of guys no. end up losing the crowd and we just sort of stand around looking at each other. Oh, and, just... and being able to keep the crowd there now for the next four hours. True. Sometimes you have to know when the crowd is actually, you're giving them too much and you're getting tired. You got it. It's a psychological game. Now you have to give them a, a second to breathe. So now True. you have to know when to dip the music, even though it's in the middle of the night, dip it, make them have a drink, let them go to the bathroom. And then you come back with something crushing that you know they're craving. And that's how you keep the night going. Yeah, I, I've experienced it. So I, <laughs> I could say those are facts, my friend, 1000%. Now, what do you love most about being a DJ? I guess, I guess it goes back again, crowd reaction. Okay. Uh, it's like DJing for, it's like DJing for, if you DJ in a club and it's empty, it's like, yeah, you can make songs, but it's no vibe. So right. it's, it, it takes two to, to tango, right? So it, it's me, the DJing. Um, I don't want to use the word control in the crowd because I don't like to feel like I'm controlling anybody, but giving the crowd what they want and watching their reaction and just like, cause their energy now generate, motivates me and gives me that energy to keep going. And it's like adrenaline. It's an adrenaline that, that, that you create for each other, the crowd and the DJ. So there's nothing like that feeling in a world of like crushing a song or a set. And the crowd is just giving you that energy and mm-hmm. you're just taking it and giving it back. I've never heard it explained like that before, but 
I can actually visualize it. So that's awesome. Okay, cool. (laughs) Now, in your career, you know, again, I've watched you play at tons of amazing events. Um, and I've actually watched you play some really big events, SOS Carnival Kingdom, all that good stuff. Tell us about some of your favorite events and why, what makes them so great that they're up there. Um, oh man, I go back to the nineties is the events that I've done. My, my favorite, some of my favorites that don't exist anymore. So you're going to go back to the nineties. Like, uh, shout out DJ Riyadh. Um, the Times Square events, Carabana Sunday. That was one of my one epic ones I used to look forward to. Nice. Me and, uh, Big Rich, aka FBM, the FBM jams from the nineties. Um, club connections from the nineties. Every Saturday was just a movie. Back then, wow. you could get you could get a thousand people at a club just with DJs. You didn't need no artists. You didn't need nothing. Everybody wow. was out. Everybody was well dressed, and it was just really about partying. Um, life was there was no social media, nothing. So right. I think people all that energy now was pent up from the week. You couldn't go on social media and do any nonsense. You had to go to the club and just let it all go. So it was vibes. Yeah. That was the nineties. So I would say the FPM jams. In the nineties, Times Square Caravana Sunday, Soka Riv in the nineties, early two thousands, at Palazzo. Um, wow. uh, yeah, those were like epic. Yeah. And, um, those are ones that stick out to me. Uh, recently, I would say, what do I like doing? I love doing the, uh, SOS Island Mix Boat Cruise. We started it in 2007. Okay. Um, it was, it was actually my cruise to begin with. The guys from I, uh, the boys from Island Mix, uh, Kamal, one of the owners, him and I went to high school together. We're actually friends from the early nineties. Okay. So when I came up with that idea, um, we did it as four partners. It continued. I dropped out as a partner, not because of any problems. I had other things going on and I thought I was dropping out, but we all agreed that I stayed out as a DJ for every single one. So if you notice, I've been on every single Island Mix boat ride from 2007 till today. And that cruise, I love it up to this day because it's the crowd that grew with us okay. from then to now. And there's some younger folks coming back now too, because it's good vibes. It's like, I can, that's the kind of cruise, even though it's a soca oriented or Western oriented, I can play house music and I can play top 40 and that crowd, they go with it. So that's one of the ones that I, I love the most right now. Okay. Um, Caravana weekend. I don't know. I don't DJ much anymore because I'm always with Ravi B and handling his stuff. Right. So uh, I I end up being his DJ when he's not with his band, and uh, and that's just that's just doing his track. So to me, that's it's fun. I I get the energy off him and the crowd, obviously, and we run with it. And when I'm done, I'm done, and then I'm, the younger guys take over now, right? Mm-hmm. DJ wise, I could do it still, but uh, I've been a resident DJ at uh, CC Lounge downtown for the last five years. Okay. I used to play Wednesday, Thursday. I used to play Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Uh, Mix and Match is now one of the resident DJs. He's now doing the Saturdays and I do whenever I, we, I want to pretty much. But I love that. That's my number one now at, at, at this time because it's a crowd that's mature. It's not a senior citizen crowd, but it's not a teenager crowd. It's like a, it's a business young professional crowd. Okay. Yeah. And it's a crowd. And it's a crowd that can identify with eighties music, but it can okay. also identify with trap music right now. But. Um, okay. I didn't yeah. see that one coming. Like that's a really yeah, yeah. broad spectrum. Interesting. So that's what that's what I like about that. And um what I love about DJing there compared to the West Indian parties now, um, that has changed in the West Indian scene 
is that nowadays, if you notice the parties everywhere, there's 15, 20 DJs. Yes. I, I like to build a crowd and, and people don't realize this, but the crowd actually suffers for that because when you have that, um, when you have that, that's why I stayed away from West Indian events. Personally, as a DJ, I went more towards downtown because I would start DJing at 9 30, 10 o'clock and I'm going to 2 30 by myself. Wow. I'm not on a mic. I'm not screaming. I'm not doing anything. I'm just DJing. Okay. So this is where you get to be a real club DJ and handle the crowd from 10. It's rammed at 12 o'clock and you get that energy and you go crazy from 12 to 2 30 till right. they're ready to leave. And that's how you know, like you still got it. And that's how, that's what I like to feel because you get to, you get to groove it in. You get to bring it down. And you, one person with one mind is reading that one crowd for the night. What happens in the West Indian scene, unfortunately, and I'm not knocking it, mm-hmm. is that when you have 20 DJs in a night, Within four hours to play, or two hours actually, because the party doesn't really get going till twelve, right? Till three, till yeah. three hours. Now you got the top few DJs trying to outdo each other, and they all want to smash the party. So yeah. you find them. There's no no longer a groovy part, or where you the, the people get to experience something different. Everybody's playing the same hits. Everybody's playing the same mixes. Everybody's trying to hype it up by. Everybody has that one go to song if they're flopping to go back to that every friggin' DJ will do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, ah, this is boring. I don't need to do that anymore. And I can still mm-hmm. go in that set. And I can still step in that set and still crush it. But it's just not, it's, it's not fun for me to do there and play 20 minutes. And then I, you have 20 minutes to do what you got to do and leave. I can, right. I like to call it impact DJ. And it's very, it takes a lot because everyone's trying to outdo everybody. But here's the problem. Now the DJs are playing for DJs and the crowd's just sitting there half the time sometimes like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> That's and unfortunate. And unfortunately, um, the only, there's only one reason for that. People do 10,000 DJs in a party in the West Indian scene. It's just because the DJs are no longer DJs. They're also promoters. Right. So the promoters expecting every DJ to sell 10, 20, 30 tickets yep. to pack out their party. And yep. I, I'm of the center. And I've always said, uh, if you hire me a DJ, I'm going to promote your party maybe on my social media. I'm not going to sell you one ticket. I'm not going anywhere to sell one ticket because that's not what I do. You, you, you're the promoter. You promote, you sell your event. Right. And I'll do my part and give you my two cents, but I'm not going to go. If it's convenient and you want me to hold a 10 ticket because somebody's coming to pick it up because you can't be around, I'll do that for you. And I'll push your event, but I'll direct people towards your website, towards your, you, you handle all of that. I'll do my little, but I'm not uh, going to be chasing them actively, chasing people down individually to sell them and push tickets. That to me, that just kind of like, um, that's uh, very belittling to the DJ. It's like, and a lot of DJs get on today because that's what they do. Most DJs they actually buy, do that. Yeah. They buy themselves into the party. And that's yeah. how you end up with subpar DJs that are very good at selling tickets. So you're not really a DJ, you're a salesman. That's what you are. Ouch. Yeah. So I'd rather be down, so I'd rather be downtown where I don't have to worry about that. The place is already packed and I do what I got to do. True. Okay. At least now I know where to find you because I I don't <laughs> see you at other events except you know these hyped up boat cruises special events like the New Year's yeah yeah I get, I, I like it that way yeah okay good to know now I've seen you play all over North America from here to Florida and back um yeah. I think one of my favorite events that you do is Miami Carnival Mangoes on a Sunday. That's always <laughs> an amazing event. You always do an amazing set. Where is the one spot that you love playing the most? You know, I love Miami. It's like my second home. So I 
Bengals is on top of that list for sure. Shout out DJ Rude Boy for putting up that crazy event. Yep. Um, yeah, he's, he's amazing as a DJ and as a promoter, the way he handles us. So yep. shout out Rude Boy. Um, I've DJed, um, the Soka Rave in my, it's not called Soka Rave. It's called Rave yes. in Miami back yes. in the day. So shout out, uh, Dave and Sean. So that was crazy. Those, those are epic. Whenever you travel, it's always epic, but you know, I would say, in terms of besides Toronto, which has, you know, I, I love DJing in New York. Uh, it is nothing like, um, uh, for people make fun of New York sometimes, some, some people, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it, but Queens, New York and the whole New York vibe is just a vibe. And, uh, I used to be on Bacchanal radio back at, uh, 08, 09, 010, all those years. And, um, I was one of the, what, I was the second DJ in Bacchanal Radio? Yeah. And, um, I traveled with their events, the Bacchanal in New York, the Bacchanal on Water, and all that. So DJing in New York for those times, uh, that, I, the last time I DJed this year, 2020, was for Rum Shop in Rum Shop Chronicles. He had an event yeah. in New York. And I was with the other, I was with Fire Blazing and, yes, um, yes, yes. I remember Tricky, that. shout out Tricky. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting the crew here now, but everybody from here and a Toronto bunch of guys and, and I think Vibe and then, um, some New York guys, shout out DJ Rara and, mm-hmm. um, Speedy. But that crowd, re- New York really gives you feedback. They love their stuff. So, uh, when you play out there, you just, it kind of feels like, I don't know how to explain that. So I was, I would just have to say New York, um, different venues in New York, but New York City is like really fun to play at. I find it's a vibe. That's the best yes. way to describe it. And, you know, I'm not trying to knock Toronto, but we have more of a laid back type of vibe in, in the party scene. I find that yes. in New York, it's hype. Like I'm looking around yeah, and, I, and they're hype. Yeah. They're hype. Yeah, I think it's, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think is, you, because you see, even though Toronto has a big West End, and if we're talking Caribbean for a second, right. we don't have a Queens. No, we don't. Scarborough's not a Queens. Brampton's not a Queens. not Queens, no. So what happened is everybody, all the, I'll tell you the number one reason why. Okay. All the West Indians in Toronto are spread out. Yes, Through the are. GTA, from downtown right. to Brampton to Ajax to Scarborough. And different people go to different things. Yes. And in Queens, you go into Queens, the happening clubs, everybody's living on a block, living a couple blocks away, living in Richmond Hill. So everybody is a family community vibe. Yeah. So they have that. It's like little guy and a little Trinidad. We don't have that in Canada. It's true. And that's why. Yeah, that makes complete sense. But also, I find that we have a lot more venues compared to the handful that I can start calling the the handful that they have in Queens. So we have mm-hmm. it more spread out, but we also do have a lot more mm-hmm. venues than they do. Yeah. So that's true. You know, that's the reason why, because yeah. yeah, you're right. Some people go to district. Some people go to twilight. On yes. a Saturday. Some people go yes. to, uh, the, 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 the spot tropical, the spots yeah. in the West, you know? So right. it's all, that's why, right? <laughs> we have those options. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, after doing so many shows over the years, what keeps you motivated and what inspires you still in the industry? Because you've been doing it for some time now. Yeah, since I was like 16, 15. I was DJing nightclubs. I was DJing nightclubs before I was uh, allowed to go in a club. Wow. One of the first clubs wow. I DJed was a club called 360 in Scarborough 16. by um, Victoria Park in Eglinton. They're going back now. 
<laughs> wow. And I, yeah, 360. And I DJed there before I was allowed to be in there. <laughs> wow. I, I, I didn't even know that they had a club there, to be honest with you. Yeah, you can research it, 360. And I will. You'll find out about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so what motivates me? Honestly, just the love of music. The love of music. And now I'm transitioning. I know I'm rolling with Ravi. Right. And, and uh, production side. So it's kind of changed for me. I'm not hounding down playing clubs every weekend. I actually don't like to play clubs every weekend. For me, it's, it's, it's tiring. Maybe I'm getting older, whatever. But I, I, I like that it's a, I do like a variety of things. So I enjoy rolling with Ravi and DJing for him, giving him input on his music, um, production side of things, Big Rich, all that. So I enjoy that, uh, more than being like a club DJ every weekend. But again, music is obviously in me. So music, as long as I'm alive, I think music will be driving me. That makes complete sense. Now, you play all genres of music. What would you say is your favorite and why? You're going to laugh. Um, no. Nope. My favorite, my, yeah, my favorite, my top favorite genre. Okay, my favorite genre to listen to. Yes. If I'm driving my car or if I'm chilling or even if, and if I could get away playing in a, if I could, I, my dream is to get a hold of a party that likes it as well so I can play it. Okay. It's eighties. It's eighties retro pop music, new wave music. So my favorite cool. artist in the world, nobody knows, is Phil Collins. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. I went to see, I went to see Phil Collins last year in concert. Uh, like, so that's, that would be my favorite. Um, of course the, the, the regulars, my, not the regulars, but the, the big ones like Michael Jackson and Madonna and this and that. But I like Phil Collins. He's my favorite. Um, and, and that whole genre, we could go down forever. But, and, um, and then my other favorite genre of music is classic soca. So classic calypso. So eighties, Baron and Mighty Duke okay. and Sparrow yeah. and, and, um, um, less than Paul and stuff like that. So I love all the new stuff, but I guess I'm an old soul. So I still love that. And, um, and, um, and my tie with second would be classic house, deep house music. Okay. From the late 80s into the early 90s. Those are my favorite things. If I can find a party where I can, the crowd knew is like me, oh, I'll be in heaven. And they will be in heaven too, because I can get in. You know, we had a club that played it all, government, back in the day. Ah, yes. yes, yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't even think of anywhere that will play these, these, types of tracks anymore no i you know to touch on something too though like um you mentioned the crowd i i, I, I don't know what we asked this but when you asked this was yeah um the crowd back in the day would pay attention to dj mixing so you had to be really skilled so and if you mess up they would know oh yeah and you and they would, you know today yes dj crowd plays attention to djs but they pay attention more to the songs they're playing not to the mixing yeah. so if a dj can can be can somewhat blend music averagely, as long as they play the right music, the crowd's happy now. So the expectations lower, which is kind of sucks if you uh, purist as a DJ. But because uh, now the, the it's like anything else, it's like it seems like the world has been uh, focused uh, is is all about simple minds now. So and people's um, what do you call it attention span is not there anymore. People don't pay attention to what the DJ. I, I've seen it. I've watched a DJ play before me at a party and he went crazy with scratching and actually, and I can appreciate it what he was doing. He was scratching things and remixing live and running an acapella on a beat on the spot. He was going off. 
Right. And, uh, and the crowd was the kind of bored. They were having a drink. They weren't even paying attention to anything he was doing. I went on and I played the song they liked and I, it, it mashed up the whole place. So yeah. the crowd is not really, they, they say they were DJs, but it's just, they're not these, they don't really want a DJ. They just want a guy that plays, a guy or a girl that plays the hits they like. Do you think it's more, it's almost like a dying art form since vinyl has become, you know, less prominent in the industry and since it's gone so digital, is it almost a bit of a dying art form? 100%. It's Ouch. done. Ouch. It's dead. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now that's why I said everybody sounds the same because everybody finds the hits. Right. And they just play it and they can blend average and everybody's grooving and partying and drinking and they think, so that's no longer DJing. That's just someone playing music. Well, I've been l- learning to sort of mix things on Serrano. And quite honestly, the button does the work. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash the industry. I am no DJ. I am not trying to be a DJ. I just want to just sort of mix my own tracks and sort of make my own mixtapes for my music. Yeah, um, yeah. And what I'm learning is it's not that technical as it seems. I, I still, I use Serato now because that's just where the, how you get your music now, but I make sure and I never use the sync button. I make sure okay. I make sure that's off because I like where my music I play in live and I have to actually mix it live and put work into it. Two things happen. The crowd feels it more because if somehow they feel it more, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound generic. And for me, it's more, it, it, you know, I have to work. So I, I, and it keeps, it keeps my attention. You want to keep it authentic too to yourself. That's it. That's yeah. it. And I find by doing that, I actually sound different to other guys. I it, do. You find definitely that. stand out. I mean, I could say it as is. I've been partying since I knew what the word partying meant, and I mean, yeah. years and years of seeing so many DJs, so many different events. Whether it was a West Indian event, whether it was a Euro event, whether it was a freestyle event, I've been to yeah. everything. So yeah. I've that is something that I I do notice myself. Um. It's not something that everyone is paying attention to. They're just yeah. sort of hyped. They're just enjoying the music. All they want to hear is what is actually being played. Mm-hmm. But if you do, if you do listen, you will hear who knows how to mix and who has no clue what they're yeah. doing, even if they're using that sync button in Serrano. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to keep it. I'll be, I'm going to say it as is. I know. They're just so, about my guide people. I know. All right. Now, <laughs> on a different topic, uh, we did touch upon Ravi B a couple of times and the whole Karma band. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your experience managing Karma. And uh, for our listeners who's not familiar with Karma, tell us a bit about their band and all that good stuff. Ravi B and Karma. So basically, um, I got involved with them around 09, 08. And it okay. happened because of Big Rich, who's family to me. Um, we've been, me and Rich have been rolling together, rocking together since the 90s. Um, yeah, the 90s with FBM, mm-hmm. first party music, cassettes. So Rich, um, Rich started producing Ravi. He, I think one of the first songs he did was, well, first big one was Delari. The, okay. the only time I feel welcome. Rich wrote that song. Family, and, um, yes. yeah, he gave it to Ravi. We produced it at 09. And then, um, Ravi then wanted somebody, um, to, uh, manage the band. And Rich basically suggested Shiva, and I knew nothing about managing any band in Toronto. Oh wow! So what happened? No, nothing. I was just thrown into the lions then. Wow. So okay. what? Yeah. So um, what I did was I um I spoke to the, the idea was 
to help them out one time. And then that was it. And then there was uh, there's other people that were supposed to take over. That was the deal. And they came up here. That was the year for a drink uh, in 2010. Right after he won the Mona, Karma came to Toronto. They had their Easter show. And um, I was involved in that show in terms of helping them market and promote it, things like that. And then what had happened was um, after that show, the other guys were supposed to take the, take the, take, take it and run with it. And Anil, Ravi's older brother, who that owned Karma at the time, it was actually mm-hmm. his band. He said he not talking to nobody. He didn't deal with nobody but me because he just loved the way it happened. And he doesn't care who's who. And uh, they were calling him directly and stuff and trying to get the band to do things. And they were like, listen, I, I, unless she ran call me, I ain't talking to nobody. I was kind of forced upon it, uh, forced to do that. Uh, it turned into real friendship and real brotherhood and real family and all that. And now I don't do it for, for, to make money or to, it's more friendship now than anything else. I mean, they do give me money. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want it, but they insist. But uh, it's not um, what I do it for. So me and Ravi end up being like brothers. We we sat down and discussed a new genre of music, which we came up with in New York a while ago. And the first song that of that genre is Start Over. Okay. Second song is Headshot. And the third song is the one that just released, Krakas, um, Deal With That. So yeah. it's not a, we don't consider those Chutney Soka. It's a little bit different. It has a very different sound to it. I mean, it's very different. Yeah, so what so genre is this then? It's our own genre. We created our own genre. It's okay. under the Ravi B brand. It's called iPop. iPop. Meaning it has Indian a very popular. different flow. Meaning okay. Indian popular. So if you go right now and you look at his latest release on YouTube, deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and look at the, the, the heading. You'll notice in brackets it says iPop, not Chutney Soka. So we are no longer like you remember the, the days of um everybody saying boy them artists using Indian melodies and re re blah 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 that whole fight. We're like, you know what? We don't need permission. Music is for everybody in the world. And we're like, so what we did was we came up with our own recipe and our own genre. So I was like, boy, that's not what you sing. And it's not Chutney Soka. That's not real Chutney. And you don't know what? You're right. It's not. It's what we do. So the, all the other artists, you guys can do what you want with Chutney Soka, whatever you want. We and we own lane. Right. We're not part of your lane. We, are not, we have our own lane that we created for ourselves. So we have our recipe for that music. And uh, that's what. That's why it sounds different. Definitely sounds different. But it's also been well received and very well receptive for the fans. They love it. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's because of the ingredients. Okay. The recipe, which I can't tell you. It's a secret recipe. That's okay. It's like that's a, okay. It's like, a, it's like a KFC recipe. The iPod never know. secret recipe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a secret to it. I can't tell you what it is. Well, whatever is in that recipe mix, it's working because, I mean, the fans love it. It is, it's definitely mm-hmm. well received. And everyone, mm-hmm. since, since Headshot came out, Everyone noticed the vibe was definitely very different. It sounds different. Well, yeah. All the young people are back on it. That's it. That's it right there. Because there, there's no longer a disconnect. It's like you brought everybody back together. Very yeah. cool. I mean, it just shows in his views, right? Four million views on YouTube. Thousands yeah. of comments. And yeah. we go through that stuff. We pay attention. and We look at who's viewing and we look at who's... uh commented and we noticed the, the age group and everything. We pay attention to all the stats. You have and that's to. how we really and that's how we do our music. But listen, I, I, I give Ravi ideas. We discuss things. 
but I will not take more credit than I deserve. He produces his own music. Uh, his brother produces his beats. Another uh, professor does his mixing and mastering. But you'd be shocked, shocked to know that Ravi plays all his own music, you know, all those, uh, all those songs. Wow. He actually plays his own keyboards, his own tones, his own. He sits down and does it himself. So he does 95% of the work. And Ravi always asks me, he goes, he always thinks I'm the best manager ever. One of his, and he's so happy to have me in his life. And I'm like, listen, bro, I thank you, but you could only manage something if you have a product to work with. Like True. someone could give me the worst artist in the world and I could do whatever I want. I can't get nowhere. I go, you know, you, you are the talent and you are the one with that possessed that. That he can produce, he can write, he can sing, uh, a different thing. So, uh, that, that's why he's so successful and he's up to the times with trends. Um, he knows what's going on when everybody was laughing at his lizard on his head, when everybody was laughing at, <laughs> you know, well, we get, you know, you get a lot of local, but here's a funny thing. You get a lot, a lot of local people in the West Indies, but we're Ravi doing, but what you know? But you know what? When we walk downtown Toronto on Nathan Phillips Square and we walked down, uh, Manhattan at Times Square, and then NYPD cops and regular white folks and little kids are like, oh my God, that's so cool. Can we take a picture with you? It's, yeah. It's basically crossing borders and we're lifting the glass ceiling and we don't pay attention to the, uh, uh, the people, the, the criticizers or the haters, like as they say, we just ignore mm-hmm. that stuff and we just do what we have to do. We do it boldly. And eventually right. it just, we keep it forward. We just keep it positive. Karma is super talented when he's, the band members have changed throughout the years. Ravi's very intricate when it comes to his members. He chooses them wisely. They have to, like the drummer is one of the best in Trinidad and Tobago. It's a multicultural band. A drummer is black Trinidadian. A keyboardist is black Trinidadian. The other keyboardist is Joey from New York. He's Indian. Um, the bass is Dogla. Um, his right hand singer, Abby, is a black Trini. Then Nisha B is his, uh, his sister. So mm-hmm. he doesn't care about race, creed, culture, nothing. He looks for talent. And it's crazy. So he'll be doing a Diwali Nagar con- concert in Trinidad or singing bhajans and the musicians, the musicians are the same. The talent is what speaks, uh, to him. So that's why karma is, uh, uh, maybe people might say I'm being biased, but that's why karma sounds like the HD or the Marshall of Chakri Soka because the uh, attention to the little things is there from him. He doesn't just throw together Abana and there we go. He, he's picky with that stuff. He's just like how Marshall is. He's very close friends with Marshall. So he picks up a lot of Marshall. He looks up to Marshall. He picks up a lot of Marshall traits in terms of being a perfectionist. Right. He doesn't settle for what he's just a chutney band. No, he's, uh, he, his band must sound like HD, must sound like Kess, must sound on that league. And that's why his band is the one band in Trinidad touring at all the big carnival events. It's HD, it's Kess the band, it's Karma. And you know, and that, 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 that is, that is exactly it because I mean, with his shows, it's a different level. It's definitely mm-hmm. on a different level than the, the, the regular artists. And the one thing I do appreciate the most is he has no, no problem mixing in 80s tracks here and there. I have You're never today. <laughs> now that I know that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm trying to make the connection here. Because Where do you think it came from? <laughs> it, I, now we know everyone listeners. You heard it first. I'll, I'll give you a secret. When he met him, when he we did headshot and he sent the instrumental to me, he goes, listen carefully to the music. He goes, you're hearing them 80s stones you keep talking about. They're hearing the 80s melody. It's in there. Yeah. And 80s melodies is, uh, some of the best music and melodic music of 
any generation. So when you fuse that with modern day stuff, you get something very different. It's true. Okay. And that's I mean, one of the ingre- that's one of the ingredients. Okay. Sorry, I'm not trying to steal all the secrets. I'm just no, there's, gluing there's in many more. There's, there's, there's some other artists that try it as well, but it's it's not it's not just you just can't take anything. You have to know how to execute it, and that's what people can't right. replicate. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, we're hearing uh, all these ingredients one by one slowly uh, <laughs> being uh, shared here on today's uh, interview. On that same note with Karma, I know you guys do shows all around the world. How has this whole COVID situation affected you directly? And you want to talk a little bit about it? Like how how how, how are you guys handling yeah. everything? Um, obviously, a negative uh, impact in terms of the actual gigs financially. Right. Um, Ravi's lost a lot of money this year. Thank God he's uh, somebody that knows how to save his money. But so other than that, uh, I won't obviously get into the figures, but Headshot being a huge, I think it's one of his biggest songs. Every time he comes out with a monster, it basically means more shows, right? Right. More gigs, more of everything, more value. So he has this big monster song that he cannot capitalize on anymore. Okay. So this whole year is just kind of went to waste financially, but musically it'll live on forever. Right. Which is also good. And, um, for me, DJing wise, just no gigs, absolutely no CC lounge, no book rules. I triple uh, T's boat ride. Sorry, I forget triple T's. That's one of my favorite. I recently yes. started doing that one, yes. and it's epic. Triple T's big up Dave. Triple T's big up Avenue. Brandon, like yep. I DJed some of Avenues. Uh, what I do? I was looking forward. He had um Avenue had Marcus Williams from Trinidad. Um, he had me and I think Anna and uh, to DJ one boat. Just the three of us. I was so excited because. It was only three DJs, so we were going to be able to do, like, play properly, each one of us. Mm-hmm. So that was going to be exciting, and that got canceled, obviously. And then Dave's boat rides, Chapati's boat rides. Those are also my top five right now, uh, along with Island Mix, that I basically got canceled. So those, for me, yes, the money um, is it's good to have. But for me, it was just like, it, it bothers me because I'm on the tail end of my career so to speak with DJing so mm. it's like every summer I have that I could go out and do it I really appreciate it because I'm still w- able to do it so basically COVID took away this whole summer that was going to be epic for me and I hate to sound selfish but that's time that you can't get back it's not you're not getting this back no and um so I feel cheated that way and um Ravi headshot same thing but in terms of him, he's taking it in stride. He's been working. He's stuck in Florida, by the way. He's not in Trinidad. Right. So he's been in Florida for three months plus. And basically, well, uh, for him, it was it was a negative financially, but then he turned it into a positive by reflecting. He's never had a break in over 10 years at wow. all. Like I see this guy, I, I'm surprised he doesn't end up in a hospital. People don't understand. There's no sleep involved. So um, he's finally got a chance to sleep. He's finally got a chance to exercise and take care of his health. And he's finally had a chance to sit down and listen to music and produce music and write music in a peaceful way. So that's the positive to this all. And hence, you end up with this latest song, Deal With That, which is a monster. It's another banger <laughs> adding to the list. Yeah. Which is awesome. Good. And he didn't save it. He released it. I mean, because technically he can't make no money off it uh, because he can't perform it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. he just released it anyways, right? So headshot and deal with that gone on like financially 
no gain except for online sales and YouTube and things like that. Fingers crossed. I mean, our numbers have been reducing significantly, but mm-hmm. we don't know what the future holds, right? I know. Now, here's an interesting question for you, Shiva. I know you're very big into politics. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I know that for sure. You're very, you got a lot to say when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know your thoughts on Kanye's 2020 campaign. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people take Kanye West for a joke, and I can understand why. Okay. But Kanye West is a lot smarter than everybody thinks. Of course. And, and um, he knows what he's talking about. And, and nobody, people these days, they uh, think with emotions and they don't think with their minds, unfortunately. They don't sit down and really think about what's going on. You know, you probably, you know, for me, I am not one way. Like if, if you look at my social media stuff now, you think I am one way all the time. But there was a time that I liked Trusted Trudeau. There was a time that I liked Obama. There's a time that I, 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 I mean, I, I regret saying it now, but I mean, I voted for Trudeau. But what I'm trying to get at is that I, I don't have a one track mind. So I could like you today in your politics. And if I see what you do, I don't agree with it. I'm willing to change. And a lot of people, especially West Indian people, they're not willing to do that. Right. Um, they're, they're like, Oh, no, his, his father let my family in the country back in the yep. 50s. So I'm, I'm going to vote for him forever. And I always tell them, I'm like, well, listen, that's the same kind of thing you, you ran away from in Guyana and Trinidad and both those countries. Cause that's our backgrounds. It's like, long story short, if you keep thinking like that, you came to this place for, because of all the, the way it was first world and you had these great opportunities. You're going to turn it into the place you left. If you keep doing that. And then the politicians, the politicians are very smart. They can catch on to who support they have blindly. And then they'll take your vote, but they won't give you anything for it. So you have to make them work for your vote. And that's on, and, and, and that's on that. But to go back to Kanye West, I think, well, he's a Trump supporter and I know why. That's a whole different conversation. Right. Right. But without getting into all of that, I'm also a Trump supporter. I know everybody's going to be upset right now, but whatever. Um, and that's like, you're very a whole, vocal about that. Yes. You're very vocal yeah, and, about that. Yeah. And it's a whole, that's a whole other conversation again. Cause I right. think of my brains and not my emotions, but that's beside the point. And the thing is, um, I look at a lot of numbers, right? Stats and, and economy. And those are the things that matter to me. My wallet, not my emotions when it comes to who's running my business mm-hmm. and my affairs. And, um, so and that's why I like Trump long story short. But anyways, when it comes to, um, you know, stock market, that those reasons, you know, those kinds of things, um, taxes, blah, blah, blah. Everyone says, you know, in Canada, how does that affect you? Trust me, it affects you. What happens in America affects the world. So, and, uh, um, Kanye West, I personally think, um, I think it's kind of clever. I think, I think it might be an in thing. I, this, I don't know this for fact, obviously, because I don't know these guys personally. Right. But I think it's, uh, I think it's a little pl- a ploy mm. to, 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 to get Trump reelected. Mmm. Cause they're on the same team. They are the same team. I think Connie's, he's going to take a bunch of votes away from Joe Biden and then a Republican will win. And then he's going to say, Oh guys, dropping out. Back, yeah. Right back he, to Trump. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's a ploy. And I like the ploy. Okay. Okay. Trump 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it basically boils down to Trump 2020. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. I like how you, you circled that right back around. Be part of his, I should be part of his campaign. He just doesn't know it is yet. He needs hey. to meet me. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe you can add that to, to your uh, long list of skills as well. <laughs> now, tell our listeners, what is the most appealing thing about a career in music? People's, uh, obviously, the most appealing thing is, well, the, hmm, it, it, it's, it, see, you can be a producer and you could really just enjoy, be one of those guys that enjoy producing. Yeah. And you don't care about the crowd, like Big Rich. He doesn't care about, he doesn't go to any events. He loves, he sits in his studio for three months and doesn't, and just drinks coconut water and produces like crazy. And, you know, he loves that. He loves that side of it. There's going to be somebody like Ravi B who also does that. What obviously he loves performing live. That's the most, right. the best part. And as a DJ, again, uh, being able to perform in live. So it would be like different reasons, but I think it all boils down to, Typically in music, it's something people do because they love it. So you're doing something when it comes to music, whether it's a producer, a DJ, an artist, singer, you're generally doing something that your heart's in. It's not like a nine to five. It's not something you're like, oh God, how do we do this again? Oh my God. Right. I do, like a job, you know, regular job. You're like, oh, I do this again. What I wake hell? up again. <laughs> I wake up again. So I would say the number one reason is um, generally people that, like involved in music in one way or the other is because they really love it. Music is something you have to love. You can't wake up one day and decide you want to do music because it's a good career alone. If your passion is not there, your music is not coming out. That's true. The music will suffer. That is and your career. True. You will have no career. <laughs> you Yeah, you'll have no career. Okay. Yeah. Now, we all know that the music game is one of the toughest games out there. It is not easy what these guys are doing. From making the music to selling the music to performing the music, this is a tough, tough game. So you you better love it. <laughs> so you better love it exactly. Yeah. Now, what is one of the common mistakes that people experience failing in the industry or giving up? Like, what are some of the reasons that that happens? Well, obviously, it would be because your stuff's not taking traction, right? Like. Um, and the mistakes a lot of people make is they, because you have passion for music. A lot of people, they make the music and they, they're so excited to get it to people's ears because right. for passion. Right. That they forget all the marketing and all the promoting, all the groundwork that's involved in doing that. You get right. lost in the crowd. So the number one thing is do your homework. Take your time. Never rush your releases. Never rush that. Always pay attention to your stats and and uh, do your research in terms of uh, demographics, in terms of what where this will appeal. And basically, um, I know it's exciting. As soon as you finish producing it, mix it, master it, you play it for one or two friends, you're like, oh my God, now you just want to upload on YouTube. Yeah. If you don't have no subscribers, it makes no sense. Or sometimes you can be lucky and you don't have no subscribers, but it really hits one thing and it goes viral, right? But that's, that's like true. anything. There's that, those, those like Gangnam style, right? So, you know, um, you can get lucky, but chances are that's like, that's like winning the lottery, being lucky like that. So even if you have good material, you have to get a following behind you and you have to get support. Okay. So whether today, obviously online is the way to do that and be genuine about it and. I always say keep your politics out of music. I know a lot of people today do because they've already made, if you've already made it, you can say whatever you want. But right. if you try to make it, don't get your politics involved. Okay. You know, so, because th- there's, there's two sides to that. <laughs> well, you're actually hurting yourself if no one agrees yeah. with you. You're shooting 100%. yourself in the foot. Yeah. Why do you want to shoot oh. yourself in the foot? 
and um, DJ's music. It is a tough game, yeah. and you should have a backup. And people say, you know, a lot of people who say, well, if you have a backup, you're already destined to fail. That's That sounds nice, but the fact of the matter is you really should have a backup. <laughs> well, look what happened with COVID. No events are yeah. happening. So what exactly. are you going to do? Just sit around? Thankfully, yeah. So you have to have – I have a backup. I have a business. Ravi has business as well. Nobody knows about it. He owns a bunch of stuff in Trinidad. He awesome. owns stuff in Florida that's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And you need to have that uh, when it comes to music. Why do you think Jay-Z and everybody, even as big as they are in the millions they make, they turn down, turn up Yeezys and sneakers and this and businesses? Because music is only going to do so much. You, you know what I mean? So even as a DJ, like I know this, I know some guys that are actually just DJ. And I'm, and they think this is a real career, and it is, and it's great side hustle money. It's full time money, literally. But you never know when it's going to stop or end or what's going to change. So you need to have something else going on, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. One thousand percent. On that same notation, what advice would you give someone wanting a career as a DJ? My advice is exactly what I just said. Um, have a backup, <laughs> yeah, and do it for the music. And um, you have to be humble, stay away from politics, and um, build your following. Start with family and friends. Um, you need to sell out your events. You need to show that you're, you're, you know, you're worth. Unfortunately, the, like I've complained about, but unfortunately, in today's society, you can be the best teacher in the world with no following, and it doesn't matter. You won't get anywhere. So you, wow. it's all about support. So it's sad that it's not just talent anymore. So... Learn how to evolve with the game. I choose not to because I have other things going on. <laughs> right. But right. for other people, you sh- if this is what you really, really want and you really willing to, you really willing to put in that work, you have to learn how to evolve with the game. And it, that involves you getting followers and supporters and real and followers that like there's some people I know on Instagram with 40,000 sub- uh, followers, right? Mm-hmm. But if they post something on Instagram that they're having an event, nobody will show up. That's not real followers. Right. That's not I real I know support. some people like, for, like Ravi B, he has real, he has star power. He has that power to, to say something and he still get a fair amount of people show up, even with his social media. That's real pull. So learn the difference with that. Right. Absolutely. Understand? It's not, it's not just about numbers. It's about if they're really your supporters or not. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Now, for those of you who do not know, guys, DJ Shiva has an amazing car collection. Um, <laughs> he's collects Ferraris. Can you tell us a bit about your collection? Because it's definitely very impressive. Thank you. Uh, um, car, car Stini, um, long story short, let's see, Car Stini, um, started again in the 80s in Trinidad. Okay. My mom's, my mom's brother's. And they were younger. Um, they did well for themselves in the early 80s. And I remember they all bought brand new cars back then. And Trinidad at a time when a lot of people couldn't afford brand new cars. Um, and I was around that as a kid. So um, I, my uncles used to put me in the, in the car and take me for drives all the time when they go to visit their girlfriends at the time. They were like 20, 19. I was a kid, right? So yeah. And I would go with them to visit their little girlfriends or whatever. And, and, um, I just go for a ride. And I, I, I was so obsessed with cars that even when they put the cars at home, I used to steal the keys and go sit inside and pretend I was driving for hours and nobody wow. could find me. And I watched Kit Knight Rider. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Cannibal Run, which I shouldn't be watching at that age because it was <laughs> two hot girls with, with the 
chest out and stuff. Definitely nice. older than I should be watching, but yeah, they they would drive a Lamborghini Countach in that movie in the yeah. 80s. And, and back then, you're looking at a Lamborghini Countach and you're thinking this thing looks insane compared to everything else. So right. I used to pray every single night and I actually prayed and I would say the word Lamborghini Countach and in my prayer, I, I need to have this. So oh when gosh. I eventually in Canada, I'm, I'm one of those people that if I see something, it sounds kind of cocky, I'm sorry to say, but if I see something like a car, if I go to a car show and I see it, yeah, and I, I don't even know the price, but if I want it, it's going to be mine. I'm resourceful. So I make sure and I find ways to accomplish what I want, my childhood dreams. That's how the car thing came about. I love cars, not for balling purposes, mm-hmm. not for going downtown and flossing, right. not for, if you notice, you don't see my stuff at events. No, never. Um, I am, I have a different set of group of friends for us because, um, you know, first of all, it's events, people are drunk. I've had stuff happen to them right. before, so I don't want that to happen again, but it's really just for the, I, I, you people don't see this, but I sit in my garage with one buddy in. We'll be surrounded and we just look at curves and lines and talk mechanics <laughs> and talk stats and talk history and where Ferrari, um, like Enzo Ferrari, how he started and his history and, and we, this one and, and, and Honda and Formula One titles. And so for me, it's very much about that. So it's a true passion. Like some people are connoisseur of wine. Right. I'm a connoisseur of cars. So Ferraris, I was up to seven, not seven Ferraris. So here's the thing though. I want you to make, cl- I want to make clear. I'm not just into exotic cars. I'm into every kind of car. Like I will see a Acura, a 1999 Acura Integra Type R white with red interior with championship white, uh, with a color with the, and I will go crazy because I'd love what that, I know what that car was about when it came out, what it was for. So I'm like, Oh my God, is that a freaking Integra? Like the Type R that's so rare now or mm-hmm. the MR2 or I look at an old RX7 and be like, Holy shit. But, you know, yeah. so even though I have cooler stuff in my garage. So I was up to seven cars. I had a 370Z. I had the Acura NSX. I had oh, the wow. RX7. Yeah. And I sold those three because I had seven and I, only, I could only fit four cars in my garage. Wow. So I'm down to a classic Ferrari 255, a new Ferrari 458 Italia, a Lamborghini Gallardo, and an Audi R8. And that's what I have right now. And I'm, my next purchase is going to be um, something different that I've never really used to, but it's going to be the 2022 Z06 Corvette. C8. It's an exotic car. It's going to yeah. be an exotic car. It's going to be a beast. So I'm, wait- I, I, I'm, I'm on the line right now. I put a deposit for the waiting list. So sitting there waiting. Mm. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's something good to wait for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I'm a car nut. I'm a, I'm a car geek. I'm a nerd. You know, connoisseur has a better ring to it. Just casually throwing that out there. <laughs> car what? Was it? Connoisseur. Oh yeah, Connoisseur yeah. <laughs> has a nicer ring to it. You know those um, you know those IT guys, or you see, you see the, the movies, and there's always the geeky guy doing like uh, stuff for the FBI or the CIA yep. and the, the computer. I'm like, I'm that guy with the car. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'm not. I, I'm totally not like you know the hip hop videos, balling in my Lamborghini. Right. And for I, I, I absolutely, I, hey, more power to them. If that's what it's about to me. Ferrari is not a status symbol to me. It's it's. It's, it's a, it's the sound. It's the passion. It's Formula One racing. It's, it's the history. It's, it's Italian pride. It's, I'm not Italian, but it, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it, it, it's the culture of it that I love. For sure. The, the camaraderie with guys that are in a coffee time parking lot talking cars. Like I don't care to be balling and try to holler at girls. Like 
Oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. If you anybody really wants to buy a Ferrari or Lamborghini for the sole reason of picking up girls, it doesn't work. Enlighten me, please. It does not work. It does not impress women. I, I, they look. Yes, they, you can tell they look when you drive by Yorkville or something. They appreciate it. Yeah. You can't come by your car and automatically think you're getting her number. It's not going to work. You need to have a personality. Girls are not that shallow, guys. Maybe in the 80s, when things were a little different, I think girls were more receptive to those things, early mm-hmm. 90s. In today's society, girls do not care. If anything, they're either just as successful, so it doesn't bother them. They just generally don't care. Or it can be intimidating sometimes, and they're just like, hey, who does he think he is? Whatever. He's not getting me. Whatever the reasons are, whatever psychological reason it is, yeah, it's it's not how you're going to get your girl. Well, it's guys, not going to work. Well, guys, you heard it first. Um or, oh, one more thing. Let's but the one card for all of you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, if it is one card that girls I've noticed just like they love 99% out of the time, it's not your $400,000 Ferrari. It's not your Lamborghini. It's an, it's an Audi R8. I believe White that. Audi R8. That's the yep. car that nine out of 10 females that I've met who've gone, they've looked at my garage and they didn't give a damn about it, no Ferrari. They look, they walk right up to the R8, which is half the price and they don't care. I believe that that's the one they want. So if you want to try and use a car for picking up girls, yeah, go for the Audi R8 and make sure it's white. <laughs> yeah, but the Audi R8, there's a prestigious factor about it. It has that class about it. It is. It's a. It, it, I'm not knocking it. I have one and I love it, but right. it's not. Um, it's not. You're not settling by any means, but it's like an Audi R8 brand new is 240 grand, 50 grand. Right. Compared to that Ferrari's 400,000, right? Right. So it's still considered in a supercar level. It's mm-hmm. still an exotic, but mm-hmm. it's not on the higher end of it. It's on more of the entry level of it. So it is and prestigious. Don't get me wrong. What yeah. do you, you see? It, it's, yeah. So that's just to show you guys, girls are not looking at a lot of women out there. And I shouldn't say all, but a lot. And most women, I think, do not care about your financial status. They don't care about that. They like what they like. If they love, you look at the RA, it's, it's sexy to them. So it appeals to them because that's what they like. It has nothing to do with, but my, my Ferraris with 500 grand, they, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So women are not that shallow. You have okay. to have a personality. Guys, <laughs> just saying, your lives just keep getting harder and harder with that yeah. girl. Just throwing yeah. that casually out there. <laughs> <laughs> now with the whole COVID situation, I mean, we really don't know what is coming our way in the next couple of months. Do you have any other projects um, or upcoming events that you'd like to uh, share with our listeners? I'm supposed to be DJing something for SOS. Um, they, they have something possibly coming up in the next couple of weeks, but I don't want to say now because I'm not sure if it's going to pull through, but they have mm. an outdoor patio thing where you mm. have to social distance. They're going to try something. Okay. So stay tuned. It might, it might be around July 19th. Okay. So, so they got my social media for that. Yeah. Um, everybody, as for planning things, we're all in 2021 mode right now. No one, 2020 is a write off for all of us. We're not even trying to do anything. Okay. So we're, we're, we're into 2021 summer. Okay. Mentally. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're planning for next year. Yeah. We're already in that mode. Okay. That's true. Mm-hmm. We're just going to ride out the rest of the year and pray for better things. Speaking coming, of right? car, see? My buddy gave me this coaster for a reason. This is all 80s supercars. See? Wow, you're not even joking. Not even joking. Right next to Ravi. <laughs> yeah. And, and your uh, mixing board for your DJ stuff. And Michael Jordan. And yeah, everything's here. Okay. Yeah. 
New school, old school, records. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that, that, that you like. Okay, super. Yeah. <laughs> and now, when I was prepping for the show, I noticed you had a really good social media presence uh, with Facebook, Instagram. Where else can our listeners connect with you online? Um, my, uh, I have a SoundCloud. It's Beats by Shiva. Okay. Uh, and if you go to SoundCloud and you just search Beats by Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find my mixes. I do a lot of, I have a lot of cool live mixes up there and that's some of my original actual productions. Mm-hmm. And I don't really promote it as much. I don't know why, but I, but it's, 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 and I have the pro package too. So if you're on your laptop or computer, you can download my mixes, I think free. Yes, you can. Yeah. I was, I actually checked out one of your mixes, uh, a Euro mix. Yeah. I was completely shook when I saw that. I just remembered. <laughs> Um, 2005 being at Palazzo, like yeah, that's there you go. Where I, that that mix took me back. So um, I tried to upload a lot of my DJ Shiva mixes from the 90s. That okay. mix was that I did back in the day. I, I, I'm gonna get them from Mix for You, and I get permission, and because they have bought them all from me, right? Okay, so I have to ask for permission and try to put my own stuff up. I can't just put it up, right? So it's all the copyright stuff. How yeah. yeah. So then I'll um I want to put that stuff back up and. uh yeah, my Beats by Shiva, SoundCloud. I even Mixcloud, I think it's Beats by Shiva or DJ Shiva. I can't remember. Okay. But I'm on Mixcloud, but Mixcloud and SoundCloud from my music. And yep. my Instagram is DJ Shiva1. And yeah, that's it. That's, I think those are, that's the ones I focus on. Now, I'm sure you have a ton of fans listening out there, Shiva, from the years and years you've been in the industry. <laughs> Tell them, what's next for you? Ah, uh, focused on business. I'm just a businessman outside of music. Okay. I have a lot of things going on with business. Um, in terms of music, I have something going on, a whole different name, a whole different everything. And I can't even say nothing about it right now, unfortunately. Okay. That's okay. But you won't even, when you, if it, if it works out the way it works out, you won't even know it's Shiva. So that's kind of weird to explain. I know. Um, it's a but I'm focused on, yeah, I'm focused on electronic music a lot. Okay. Because I love house. So I produce a lot of that stuff. I have a whole different DJ name. All different persona. Ah. I don't use my face. I use a mask. Yeah. Okay. So I, and I don't even bring it across the DJ Shiva world because I don't want nothing, none of it mixing. It has its own social media presence. It has its own, um, Instagram presence, its own everything presence. So wow. when and if that blows up the way I want it to, yeah, I'll, eventually I'll take the mask off and you'll know who it, it'll be me. The reason why I did it is because I'm in, entering a young man's game. And I'm older right. now, right? So um, when I, with the with the mask on, I become ageless and I become timeless. So you have to like you basically liking my brand, which is the mask and the music. You know, mm. you don't you don't not you're not liking a person. It's like Dead Mouse or or Marshmallow yes. or this guy. Yes. So I'm I'm trying to go into I'm trying to be one of them. So in the EDM world, yeah. Wow. Could <laughs> possibly another Avicii on the market is. I that hope is- so. God, I wish, but I hope so. We're working on it. You know, I've been, I'm not circle like, uh, big up, uh, like the hammer from Z103, like follows me on Instagram. A lot of, if you look at my, when I look at my stories on Instagram, you'd be surprised of all the verified EDM DJs and stuff that watch myself. Sam, okay. Sam Felt, for example, he's one of those people that I, I look up to and I play his music downtown and he watches my stuff. So it's pretty crazy. So yeah. some, somehow, somewhere, my social media stuff is getting to certain people. So we'll see where it goes. 
Wow. Well, best of luck with that because that is definitely super cool and not going to lie to you, completely at left field. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Ravi knows about it. He okay. loves it. And, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to play Sunburn in India. If my thing works out the way I expect it to, I hope to play Sunburn Festival in India, which is a like ultra music festival, mm, uh, which Miami, is, which yeah. is, which is like all the big EDM DJs in India. And that's where I, pr- I plan to bring out Ravi B to India. Wow. On, on stage with me. Okay. He will be my hype man. Well then. So we'll see where it goes. We have yeah. all the things on the go. Okay. <laughs> wow. No, that's, that is extremely exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Well, Shiva, um, as we wrap up our interview today, mm-hmm. what message do you have for your fans out there? It's kind of weird for me to think I have fans, but I guess I have supporters and followers in the nineties, different yep. age groups. Um, I can, I, some of them are probably married now, kids, moved on, family life. I can, I can only imagine. Thank you guys so much for coming to the events from Connections to Calypso Hut to CC Lounge to Island Mix Boat Cruise to Triple T's Boat Ride to Miami, uh, you know, to New York, uh, back in our radio family. Everybody, thank you for showing me love and coming out to the events and having a great time. And I hope I will continue to do this as long as you guys allow me to do it. That was definitely very insightful. I was really looking forward to uh, connecting with you because I knew this interview would be extremely, extremely full of jam-packed information. Yeah. Because, you know... (laughs) I know and I'm sure we can go on for hours. Believe you me, trust it's a lot me, more. Trust yeah. me. This is for scratching the surface with you. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you have so much uh, experience and you bring so much to the table with everything that you've done with the producing, with managing karma, and now the EDM. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, expose it too much, but um, yeah. definitely very exciting right now. All we can do is sort of hope that we can get back to norm- normalcy in the n- next year because all of these things really depend on being able to perform, being able yes. to have concerts, being able just to be able to travel. Yeah, I know. You know. It's crazy. Oh, and to everyone, be safe. Yep. Take it seriously. We're not, you know how I think about it? I'm, I know we're in a lot better shape than the U.S. right now. Right. Um, in terms of COVID numbers and stuff. Yep. But listen, don't get fooled by that. Uh, don't get complacent because, um, I, the way I see it is unless there is a real vaccine or real medication that becomes available, I know stuff's going to come either this year or early next year. Mm-hmm. Until that happens, do not let your guard down. Act as if this is the first week because, um, it can, you can get sick. And, um, look, imagine the world right now, all of COVID went away. Let's just imagine that for a second. And two <sighs> people left was left with uh, two people was left with it. All it takes is the same two people to fly on a plane to New and York and, and give it to five world. people. Yeah, so just because our numbers are down, we're, ne- we're never right. uh, really out of the. I hate the beast to sound like I'm fear mongering, but the truth is, right, it, we can't be out of it because I'm one of those people like I try not to let the fear control me. So I, I live like normal, but I have my part, you know. And you guys should continue that. Don't get complacent and feel like everything's just it's not gonna happen to you. Because it can, and this thing could go away and come back in two seconds. So until the the vaccines here, just uh, it's a different world. I mean, they are getting they are getting closer to it. So 
that's all we can basically do is hope. I have faith. I have faith. I think Same. it's gonna. I think stuff's almost there. I think it's yes. just in the human tri- human trials now. So it's making yeah. sure it's not, whatever they have is not going to kill you. So, right. <laughs> so hey, fingers crossed. Which is the right step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Better safe than sorry. That's it. And let's social social distance in the meantime and wear the mask and you know wash our hands. Well, it's mandatory now in the six. You can't be in yeah. any indoor space unless you're wearing a mask. So, yeah. but can you can you drive your car without a mask? Can you walk on the sidewalk without a mask? Anything outside is perfectly fine without a mask. But any indoor <laughs> space, I'm not I'm not going inside anywhere. Anyways, I'm good. No. I'm only in my car, my house, my backyard, and on the sidewalk. So based I'm on that, you don't nowhere. need any masks. You're no. good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shiva. It was a pleasure having you on my show. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. That was an awesome interview. You know, you, you're a wealth of knowledge and I learned so much myself. <laughs> and um, guys, that pretty much wraps up our shows for our show for today. And I'm going to be leaving uh, you with one of DJ Shiva's awesome mixes. And guess what? It's Euro, baby. We talked about it earlier. <laughs> I, I've always been in love with Euro freestyle music, house music. I mean, that's me the white girl in me. So, yeah. I mean, the 80s, I'm an 80s baby. So this is what we kind of grew up on growing up here in Toronto. I was pleasantly surprised seeing this on your SoundCloud. So yeah. definitely need to share this with the world. And hopefully, guys, you're tuning in to next week's show. I will have another amazing DJ from right here in the six. DJ Tricky, everyone. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up DJ Tricky. Tricky. That's one of my one of my boys. He always has my back. Yes. When I would yes. be, he grabbed the mic for me and we went we went in. So it was yep. it was good. It was good teamwork. Shout out Tricky. Hopefully you guys will be tuning in and um that's a wrap, folks. Hey, shout out to you too, Linda. Thank you, Shiva. Appreciate Lin- it. Linda, Linda Chica, and happy, <laughs> and, 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 and thank you for having me. Absolutely. And and in the words of Ravi, Bono, Bono. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the best in electronic dance music, Shiva. Shiva.